0: Welcome to the Global Connection, a Tel Aviv University podcast. Journey with us as we discover how TAU's academic community and friends are engaging with and helping to shape this ever-changing world. Welcome, everyone. I am Maria Lul, an international student here at Tel Aviv University, reading for a Master's in Security and Diplomacy. And I'm very happy to be joined by Professor Javi Dreyfus today for this episode of the podcast. She's one of the professors in the Department of Jewish History here at Tel Aviv University, and she heads the Center for Research on the Holocaust in Poland at the International Institute for Holocaust Research, Yad Vashem. So firstly, welcome, Professor. Thank and you very much, Maria. Thank you for sparing some time to discuss a very salient issue to our time currently, the rise of anti-Semitism. Indeed. I'd first like to start off by asking you to briefly introduce yourself and your research work.
1: Okay, so as I said, my name is Javi and I'm researching mainly the Holocaust. I have written about Polish-Jewish relationship during the Holocaust. I'm mainly interested in the Jewish perspective um, during the war and during the Holocaust. Uh, so I have written about Polish-Jewish relationship during the war as well as in the aftermath. Math. Uh, I worked on different aspects of Jewish experience during the war. or I get uprising, not only the fighters, but also the the. civilian population, and now I'm working on two projects, one of them is about religious Jews during the Holocaust, and the second is um, some kind of a cooperation of six scholars from all uh, all over the world, we have scholars from Poland, from Canada, and two from the uh, USA, as well as one more from Israel, trying to write together one book uh, about the Holocaust in Poland. So those are the main things I'm working on today. And of course, anti-Semitism is part of my research as being such an important part of what happened during the Holocaust.
0: Of course. So I'd like to start off actually with um, one particular question before moving on to anti-Semitism. So the massacre that occurred on October 7th has been increasingly discussed as the biggest pogrom against the Jews since the Holocaust. Can you elaborate on the historical context of such a statement?
1: Well, I think that uh, all of us were quite shocked on the 7th of October and we're even now not really understanding what we're facing, especially as a tragedy is still going on. We still have uh, children and old people and male male and woman uh, uh, still held by the Hamas in Gaza. So we're still a part of uh, this ongoing process. And I think that it's very human for people to try to understand what is happening to them. So there were many associations. Some of them were referring to the Holocaust because of the experience of people sitting in hiding place for hours or the horrible uh, photos of burned bodies and things like that. So, of course, the Holocaust popped. But I think that you are quite right that we should more refer to it as part of a pogrom, which many of the survivors of this horrible event already referred as, And unfortunately, the history of the Jewish people has many different aspects of uh, violence against Jews. So we will still have to understand better what we are facing now because this is only the beginning. Thank you for that.
0: Now, as I said, we're going to be speaking about anti-Semitism and I want to speak specifically about the term first. So we know that it refers to the hatred of the Jewish people, but as a term, it's quite young. It was coined in the late 1800s. But the hatred itself, as you said, has been in existence for at the very least two millennia. So can you explain kind of like the chronological metamorphosis that anti-Semitism has gone through up to the present day?
1: So actually, you're already placing one of the major questions within the research of anti-Semitism. Is it really the oldest or the longest hatred? Is it more what we see now is more of the same? Or can we see different kinds of anti-Semitism? And there are many attempts to try to categorize. It could be religious anti-Semitism or hatred of the Jews. It could be Muslim or Christian. It could be what is called modern anti-Semitism. You are right that the term anti-Semitism is a modern term. Term, but hatred toward Jews, violence toward Jews, has been part of the history of the Jewish people. Another problem in the, in the term is that it's very, very wide. I mean, if somebody is being called in offensive names, it's anti-Semitism. But if somebody is murdered for his Jewishness, it's also anti-Semitism. So can we really compare things that are so dramatically different? And one of the interesting articles which was published in the beginning of the 1990s was by uh, David Engel, a very well-known American Jewish scholar uh, who researched the Holocaust and many aspects of uh, anti-Jewish violence. And he claimed that uh, he stopped for years using the term antisemitism and prefer to use anti-Jewish violence or anti-Jewish riots or whatever, another term anti term antisemitism because it contains too much and it's really difficult to work on. And actually, a few weeks ago, a book which was edited by a friend of ours here in the Department of Jewish History, Scott Uri, and another colleague from the Open University, Professor Gay Miron, both of those professors just edited a book um, called Antisemitism and the Politics of History, in which they asked various scholars to refer to Engel's uh, question. Can we really refer to this as one term? Uh, and actually, I think that the more interesting questions are not if what happened ages, uh, centuries ago and now are the same, but other questions which they place in the introduction. One of them is: Is it more of the same, or what is the connection between antisemitism and other kinds of racism, or what is between antisemitism and criticism about uh, the about Israel? Something that became very relevant now, as well as what is the place of antisemitism within the Holocaust. And maybe one of the things that we can learn from the research of the Holocaust is, on the one hand, the importance of the anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism, but on the other hand, that it's not an answer for everything. I'll give just one example. Today, we refer to the Holocaust as a European enterprise. This is a European project. People all over Europe, and not only Nazi Germany, took part in in the murder of the Jews. And we know that Jews were murdered in East Europe and West Europe with the help of the local citizen, disregarding the rate of anti-Semitism prior to the Holocaust. So anti-Semitism is very important, but it cannot answer everything, and especially it cannot answer the specific motivation of this or that individual who harmed the Jews during the Holocaust. There could be many different motivations. So I think that the Holocaust helped us to understand how complex this term of anti-Semitism is, referring to the general history and Holocaust studies as well. Thank you for that. Um, My
0: next question will take us what is going on currently. So as the news unfolded on October 7th and beyond, we saw the return of pro-Palestinian protests or rallies in various European capitals, American cities and beyond. Um, these protests, or most of them, let's say that, were characterized by a number of chants. So we've heard cries of "gas the Jews, we've heard the Kaibar chant, we've heard the Intifada chant, and the infamous, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Can you maybe add some context to these chants and in what way they are anti-Semitic?
1: Okay, so I think that for a long time, first of all, some of us thought that anti-Semitism is a problem of the past that it's something that is going on and with enlightenment and with education. We are not facing so much antisemitism as in the past, although I must admit that for the last 5-10 years, among friends dealing with not only with Holocaust studies, but with genocide studies and other aspects as well, more and more scholars started to be more cautious about the existence of antisemitism, even in the present and not only in the past. But many thought that it's not such a big deal anymore and that there are much there are many other kinds of hatred which are much more problematic another thing that we could see in the past was the focus on right wing antisemitism which is many times very violent and very resembles resembles what we have seen uh, uh, in different ter- uh, ways, of course, in different terms, but the right wing anti semitism resembles more what we know from Nazi Germany. We forgot that there is also a left wing anti semitism, which was very much apparent in communist Russia, for example. And what we see now is somehow the emergence of, of, on the one side, um, left-wing antisemitism, on the other uh, side, uh, Islamic antisemitism. Again, another subject that was well-researched by some scholars, some of them here, even in Tel Aviv University, and I'll just mention uh, Mayor Litvak. Um, But we're not, I think we're, many of us were not, I can say about myself, I was not, I I was surprised uh, from the strength of those voices. And as you said, those voices are very, very troubling because this term from the river to the sea, it's not something that refer to criticism about Israel or about aspiration of the Palestinians uh, or whatsoever. It's a direct call for a genocidal plan regarding Jews meaning that Jews should not be from the river to the sea, which should not be, there is no way for existence of a a Jewish homeland. And I think this is something that we now understand better. And what is quite bizarre is how those left-wing anti-Semitism became so popular, especially in elite campuses. And it became legitimate to attack Jews. And it's it's not Israelis. It attacked Jews as Jews, Uh, In so many places, I mean, if somebody would have changed the term to any other group, minority group, it would have been seen as something so unaccessible. But somehow referring to Jews, this is something that uh, people, universities and their leaders are willing to tolerate. And this is something very problematic in the aftermath of October
0: 7th, we have seen an increase in anti-Semitic acts and incidents, both in cities and, as you said, on university campuses. The use of symbols can be quite effective. And indeed, we have seen increases in graffiti, posters, and even vandalism making use of such symbols. So, for example, we're seeing the Star of David being equalized with the Nazi swastika or the Nazi swastikas being spray painted over Jewish graves. Even in France, we saw the Star of David marking um, Jewish homes. So can you tell us a little Bit about the implications of such symbols and their potential impact on Jews in the diaspora.
1: Well, I think that first of all, symbols many times helps people to simplify a complicated question or complicated problem. So people don't don't really understand what exactly is happening in the Middle East or whatever, but. The Jews, are Jews as Jews, is something that they are have negative reaction to it. So in some kind, somehow it's 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 narrowing the the or it's it make it makes the whole discussion very very shallow, very very shallow. But it also enables to uh, bring together so many different views, which has nothing in combination except the hatred to Jews, because you can see right wing symbols with left wing symbols with religious. Uh, Christian and Islamic symbols, which are joined together. And many of those people will not agree almost on anything except the hatred of Jews. So I think the symbols help them to unite and to speak in a language, especially today in a world of media, to speak in the language of hate, which, of course, is very, very problematic from the Jewish point of view, because it is terrifying for people who thought that swastika is something of the past, Who pe- for people who were uh, um, already used to live in their different communities throughout Europe, all of those things are very, very frightening. And actually, I will just remind her what President Biden said, the fact that the existence of the Israeli state enables Jews all over the world to feel some kind of a safety. And and as Israel was attacked, as it was attacked, and again, it's I think here we should remember that the attack was against Israel, not only against the Israelis, but we have also foreigners who were attacked. But it was really, a, it is really a struggle against the West and against, against the core values of the West. And everything here blurs when you're using those symbols. But I think that it mainly reminds us Many times we talk about how solidarity can, can, so, uh, can, can uh, unite us and so on. Actually, I think that hatred unites people much in a much quicker way. And this is part of the frightening things that we have in those symbols.
0: I definitely agree with that one. Um, with the use of the way that the symbols are being used at the moment. Um, and especially it goes on into my next thing, which is social media. So social media is something that nowadays everyone is using. Um, and symbols, you can find them a lot on social media as well. But anti-Semitism is nothing new on social media. There's quite a lot of research on this. Um, and something that is also not new is the comparisons that attempt to equate Israel or Jews or Zionist with Nazi Germany. It's simply just one of the expressions that we see on social media. So in the past few weeks, the this kind of rhetoric has increased exponentially. Can you offer some insights into the dehumanization process that goes on when you are making
1: such comparisons? Okay, I think we have here a few levels. First of all, it's... Uh, uh, it I will say that it is much more than dehumanization because it is claiming that the victims of Nazi Germany are now are now perpetrators, and this is something this which is not only offensive but sometimes is being used as uh, leg, le, le, uh, legitimizing the attack of the Jews. And I think the fact that you said uh, Israelis, Jews, Zionists, the fact that all those different terms are being blurred into one evil enemy that those uh, people want to attack only show that this is not a political struggle. Uh, One can have uh, criticism about the policy of Israel, and many Israelis have criticism about the Israeli policy, but it is something that is much more. And we could have we sighed on the attacks of October 7th when... It Wasn't a specific. It wasn't Israelis as Israeli. It was attack against uh, those who were seen as Israelis, even if they were from Thailand and from other countries. And we can see as what is happening in the campuses as well. But I think that what you ask also reminds us that for the last few decades there were few, few attempts to try to define what is anti-Semitism. And one, how can really, how can one uh, differentiate between? Um, Legitimate criticism against Israel or against Jews, and uh, between uh, anti-Semitism. And here I want to remind the three D: the delegitimization, the demonization, and the double standard, which all can help us understand and expose when criticism is not really criticism, but it is anti-Semitism.
0: So now I'm going to move on into something a little bit harsher. Well, not harsher. Uh... Sadder, because in the last few days, we have unfortunately heard of Jews who have actually lost their lives due to anti-Semitism. So, for example, we've got the woman in France who was stabbed um, as she opened her door. And then a swastika was actually painted on her front door. Um, We also saw in the US a peaceful protester who was struck in the head um, and he subsequently lost his life after a verbal altercation turned physical. These cases have understandably shocked the respective communities, but also Jewish communities worldwide. What is your take on this increase in anti-Semitic
1: crimes? I think another blind spot for many of us for years was that words bring to action. And when people say they want to attack Jews, they might really attack them. And here I'm citing uh, Deborah Lipschitz, who is the ambassador of uh, combat of antisemitism in the USA, referring to the importance of referring to those words. And when people are saying that they want to harm Jews, they might really mean it. And when they have the opportunity to do it, they might do it. And again, we cite in a very clear way on October 7th, but you're right uh, that this is being seen all over the world, in Europe, in the States, in Canada as well, there were attacks and we can see Uh, Jews, not only Israelis, but Jews who are now afraid to walk with Yarmakas, to have the Star of David, people who are trying to hide the Hebrew language in many different ways. And again, I think that one of the things that we must remember is that the Jews might be the first victims or the first target, but the struggle here is much more, and just as in the past, Um, Again, I will cite here maybe one of the great teachers of uh, Holocaust studies and of anti-Semitism, that is Professor Yuda Bauer. And he referred to that, that that, that anti-Semitism is a problem not only of Jews, because it's starting with Jews, but many times it's dragging the whole world to a global catastrophe. And because the Jews are being seen as an example or as a symbol for many values that those evil forces want to uh, struggle with. And we could, have, we could have seen it in the past, and I think we can see it now. So when words bec- when words are dangerous and when words become acts, I think it's not only Jews who should be alerted, but whoever see himself as part of the Western society, as part of liber- liberal values, as part of, of, of equality, as part of rights of women and rights of homose- homosexuals and rights of human beings should be also very much distressed.
0: Definitely. Now, I'll start chopping up. I only have two more questions for you, but I'd like to start off by discussing the potential for a decrease in the anti-Semitism that we are seeing today. So, a number of NGOs in Europe have uh, been collecting data on anti-Semitism in the past few years and they have noted sharp increases and decreases as the conflict escalates and de-escalates, right? Now, the latest numbers are actually quite discouraging. They aren't like what we have seen in recent years. But do you think that there is a reason to believe that despite the rise being so big next to previous instances, the decrease will still be to the same effect?
1: Well, first of all, you're right that uh, we can see our waves. And whenever there is some kind of a struggle or a peak in the struggle, we can see this expulsion of, of, of uh, anti-Semitic uh, attacks and rays of those incidents. Um, I'm an optimistic. As people who believe in humanity, as people who believe in liberalism, I think the only way that we can see any future to those values is with the decrease of those phenomena of antisemitism. So it will take, I think, a long time. We're talking here not only about education, but about many, many different steps that should be taken by individuals, by societies, by universities, by schools, as as well as by many others. But um, this is one of the tasks, one of the most serious tasks that we should have, not only as Israeli or Jews, but as human beings, because hatred for Jews is just one symptom of many much more difficult problems humanity has. And my last question,
0: what is the biggest message you want to get across about anti-Semitism today?
1: I'm not sure that now it's the right time to talk only about anti-Semitism because, as we said, the tragedy is still going on. We have colleagues, friends uh, who are still uh, held by uh, by the Hamas in Gaza. We have children, we have families which were torn apart. And first of all, this is something that should be settled. We will have too many dead to bury and we will have to mourn for that. But if there is one thing we can learn about anti-Semitism from Holocaust studies and from what happened in previous years is that this is a very complicated term. And it should not be used easily in any way, not as a justification and not as some kind of a category of, of acts. We should be very, very careful using it, understanding it and analyzing it. Because anti-Semitism really includes many different things. And in order to fight anti- anti-Semitism, we must, we must understand it. And we must understand that it is much more complicated than sin. So I would not use anti-Semitism as a slogan. as more as a, something that should be learned very, very carefully in order to make our future as Israelis, as Jews, as human beings, a better one.
0: Thank you, Professor, for being here with us today for this uh, episode of this podcast. We really appreciate your input as to the current rise of anti Semitism and the historical context at play here. So, thank you for being with us. Thank you very much,
1: Maria. Thank you.